Welcome to the Kings of the Ring, a fictionalized and romanticized retelling of the 1980s wrestling wars, following the rise and fall of the power brokers of the sport, while offering a peek into the sex, drugs, and muscles lifestyle of the 80s wrestler and the sacrifices they make for success. Kings of the Ring is intended for mature audiences. Today's episode will be rated MA for drug use, smoking, profanity, racist, and sexual dialogue. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kings of the Ring. History will be made on Friday, December 13th from St. Louis Arena when the All-Stars of the World Wrestling Alliance unite for the Super Bowl of Wrestling. It's a complete World Wrestling Alliance extravaganza featuring the biggest stars from the entire WWA on one show. The World Heavyweight Champion Outlaw Jesse James teaming with the North American Champion Dan Sanders and the Southern Champion Apollo Sampson to face the evil Russians. Vladimir Rykov, Dmitry Rykov, and the Prince of Persia, Prince Abdullah Akbar. Futuristic tag team The Apocalypse take on the Roughhousers, Brick Sawyer and Tiger Warren, Gabriel Angel versus the best Kenny West, and Crusher Krawcheck returns to St. Louis. Plus, the Rock and Rollers, Beautiful Barry Lovelace, and Miss Kitty, the Gargantuan King Kong Cyrus, El Lobo, and many more. Visit St. Louis Arena box office to buy your tickets today. Kings of the Ring, Episode 37, Being the Elite. At the Four Seasons in Midtown Manhattan, it's martini time again as the yuppies of Wall Street surround Julian Kane and his EWF Brain Trust. Nigel Davies, Les Henderson, Louis de Greek, and Hollywood Buddy Melrose. Buddy remains restrained and a bit awestruck, taking it all in, what life is like working for Julian Kane and the Empire Wrestling Federation. The elegant Brit Nigel Davies snuffs out his Winston cigarette into a large crystal ashtray as he looks on at Julian. You still haven't remarked on the Super Bowl of Wrestling tape I shared you. What's there to say? Daniel Hawkins makes shitty cable access commercials. Don't you see it? It's not just Hawkins. It's the entire alliance on one show. Teaming up. To stop the Empire. Buddy's ears perk up. He hadn't heard of this before. I'm a member of the Hollingsworth Social Society. We don't quake in our boots at a bunch of third-rate competitors. Don't be arrogant. Now that's impossible. Julian grins as he sips his martini from a double old-fashioned glass. You've made incredible inroads over the past two years, but at some point we knew they'd realize the best way to combat the Empire is to work together. And now they're doing it. Buddy taking it all in. Julian, may I ask why you booked Empire Mania 2 in Milwaukee? Because it's AMW's hometown and Charlie Gotcha's backyard. I thought you'd appreciate that, Melrose. Putting that aside for a moment, Julian, this is the EWF's biggest show, and I think you're leaving money on the table. Wouldn't a larger venue in a different town make more sense? We can make it up. Louis the Greek boils over. Ah, we could be in any arena and country. New York, Los Angeles. I'll draw a bigger crowd, bigger gate. Les Henderson peeps up. Y'all know anything about this pay-per-view? Pay-per-what? that thing they do with boxing and yeah, my neighbor saw the michigan ohio state game that way too it's a this isn't fucking college football or fucking boxing 
is fucking wrestling, Henderson. Just shut up. We're doing closed circuit again, and we're gonna make a killing. And what if the Alliance utilizes closed circuit for their Super Bowl? Daniel Hawkins has been using it for over a year in the Carolinas. <laughs> Even if they did, and that's a big if, who do they have that can draw anyway? Karma caught up with Diamond Donnie Gold, and he's paralyzed. So all they have are these Rykovs, the Apocalypse. I mean, who the hell are these jokers anyway? Nigel pulls a few issues of Pro Wrestling Digest out of his briefcase, with members of the Meat Machine on the covers. You should learn, Julian. They found some remarkable talent. From all places, a pub in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. What? Apparently, they were discovered all working as bouncers. A group of muscle-bound marks, but with remarkable physiques, charisma, and drive. They trained them, gave them gimmicks, and divided them evenly throughout the Alliance. They're all doing quite well. This one, Nigel motions to a picture of Apollo Samson. They're calling him the next Thor Hansen. Nigel elegantly blows out the smoke from his Winston as Julian squints, glaring at Nigel. These fools can't even agree on what to order for lunch, let alone a coordinated effort to take me down. Now forget about those dinosaurs, and tell me where to get the best tuxedo in Manhattan. I'm officially entering the elite of high society. Bert Ironside hangs up the phone in the Dallas office, while nephew Chris Stanley sits in front of the desk. What the hell ain't you picking up the phone, Charlie? I need you. Ah. He turns to Chris. Need you to mail this videotape to Raylan Crenshaw today. Sure thing, Uncle. Charlie lights a cigarette and blows as he leans back in his chair. <sighs> Starting to have second thoughts on this whole deal. What do you mean? That commercial Hawkins released is the shits. It don't look like a Super Bowl of wrestling. Looks like an SCW show. Every goddamn match is their guys. He went and changed the WWA logo completely. People are gonna think this some kind of newfangled company. That boy needs to answer for this, cause it's gonna hurt us at the gate, which we're all split in four ways. It's bigger than a gate, Uncle. This will be a launch pad for something huge. Besides, you can make up that money with closed circuit. Did you find out about that yet? I asked Randy. He said it'll cost a fortune and it'll take months to set up besides. Julian Kane did it somehow, and I think Daniel Hawkins and them do it over there too. But it's how Empire Mania made all that money. How much more? Well, I don't know exactly how much, but it was- Exactly. You don't know. These ideas of yours are just pie in the sky. The reality is, this shit costs money. Money we don't have. Nobody does. Julian only had his father's money to spend, and he made it happen. Well, yeah, he's a fucking maniac. We're not gonna empty the coffers off. Uncle, of please, uh, if we don't go all the way with the Super Bowl, business is never gonna get back to what it was. We have to do something. Rampire's just gonna steamroll the entire alliance, one territory at a time. Oh, really? Is that what the magazines say? No, it's what I see every night when I look out into the stands. Emptier and emptier. Wrestling comes in cycles. It's how it's always been. Has its down times, but it always comes back. Well, it's different. It's only different to you, because you're 20 years old. You ain't seen shit. Me and Charlie been in this business four decades and seen it all before. All South ain't going anywhere. Super Bowl or no Super Bowl. All South is the only wrestling these people even know. They'd never accept the Empire. That's what Charlie Gotch thought, and look what happened up there. 
Bert glares at Chris while taking a long drag off his cigarette. I think it's time you walk that fat ass of yours to the post office and deliver that tape to Crenshaw. Yes, Uncle. The outlaw Jesse James is driving with the SCW owner Daniel Hawkins to the highways of South Carolina, making the towns. Bird Einstein just beamed me out over the phone today. What was he crying about? Too many SCW matches on the commercial, wanting Dan Sanders to win the world title. That stubborn old fart. We negotiated the main event at the barbecue so everybody will shine. I agreed to give Apollo Samson the pin, even though I'm the damn champ. I done compromised enough. Uh, did he ask why we ain't using closed circuit for this? No, I don't think you know what that is anyway. Thank goodness for small favors. I don't know how long I can stage them off, Jesse. We almost there, Danny boy. First up is me and Jimmy Buck on the Eddie Carr Show. That sets up Thanksgiving. Closed circuit folks told us they can only set up one show in a month, so we need it for our show, not the Super Bowl. That's me versus Jimmy Buck beaming across the country on closed circuit TV. And this time, Jimmy done smartened up all them reporters for all the big papers and magazines. They ain't gonna get us mixed up with the Empire Wrestling Federation ever again. And then a couple weeks later, is the Super Bowl of Wrestling. We're gonna have the best wrestlers in the entire alliance all in one locker room. That's when we're gonna let them know we're gonna continue our expansion from St. Louis throughout the country behind our show on VBS and the best syndication package in the alliance. We're gonna drop the SCW name once and for all and be known as the WWA from that point on and start a new era. St. Louis is gonna ruffle some feathers, but at the end of the day, we're doing what's best for the business because the old dogs of the alliance, they just ain't fit to take on Julian. Any boy, it's up to us. Crusher Krawcheck and Pretty Boy Willie Dean in their gear walk backstage of this theater, looking up at the sandbags on ropes and the tall, thick red velvet curtains that go all the way up to the ceiling behind the stage where the symphony is set up. Ah, here you are. They turn and see a short European man with wild, long gray hair pushed in all directions like Albert Einstein and a cartoonish large nose with tiny glasses on its end. You must be the French weirdo. What is a weirdo? Never mind that. We are ready for our match. Ah, you are wrestling him? You stand side by side like he <laughs> he The short French conductor marches around in a circle. Listen, brother, what do you want us to do? Ah, yes, I want to play for ye. Two gladiators locked in a ballet of violence. Vio what? Violence. We create out. My players and ye. I will watch with bet to your battle. What did you just say? I will watch with bet to your battle. A distinguished-looking older man in a three-piece suit steps forward. Hi, Monsieur Bates. Director of Operations for the Dallas Symphony Orchestra. Oh, okay, now I get it. I thought he said he was gonna masturbate. I beg your pardon. This is Jean-Michel Frédéric, the esteemed conductor. This is for a television special on PBS. I called Mr. Peyton Thomas to arrange this. Can you follow the orchestra? Listen, bub. If this weirdo's a top guy conductor, then he can follow me. 
You play to match us. I'll conduct the damn orchestra. Willie and Crusher are in a full-blown match in an atmosphere they've never experienced before. The ring is beside a stage with a full-blown orchestra on one side, on the other, hundreds of empty seats with cameramen strewn about and lighting crews. The conductor watches the match while they play and matches the pace. At the same time, Crusher, who no one would guess, is familiar with the song and builds his spots to match. And the conductor tries to keep up. Build to the comeback. Hey, I'm starting to get into this. The conductor is beside himself in his animation. I knew this was going to be weird. That conductor is about to cream his jeans. Let's go home. Headbutt. It all builds to a crescendo, where Willie is laid out on the mat and Crusher slowly climbs to the top rope. He looks around as the conductor's eyes are ready to explode as Crusher flies through the air and crashes onto Willie Dean. As Willie lays prone on the mat, selling the headbutt, Man, Crusher, know this all weird? You're a fucking master. Here are winners. As a result of a qualification, Gabriel Angel and Apollo Samson. While Brick Sawyer and Tiger Warren complain to the ref, threatening him, Gabriel Angel slowly makes his way down the aisle, signing as many autographs as he can. Apollo Samson is gasping for breath at ringside and shocked at what happened in the match, complaining to Russ, the ring announcer, at ringside. What the hell, man? Did you see what Brick was doing to me out there? No, I didn't. What happened? You didn't see? How could you miss that? He's fucking shooting on me. Unprofessional bullshit. Choking me, stiffing me with punches, grinding his elbow in my ribs. My fucking ears still ringing. Come on, man, cave Take it back. Apollo looks up and sees Brick Sawyer looking down at him from the ring with a grin on his face, putting his finger over his mouth. Peyton! Peyton! Where, where is he? Somebody! Where's Peyton Thomas? Where is he? Yeah, I'm here! Peyton! I can't believe what happened. Yeah, me neither. That crowd was out. No, no, no. In the ring. Did you see what Brick did to me? No more. Oh, I ain't doing this. Oh, what are you talking about? What happened? Brick Sawyer shows up and slaps Apollo in the back super hard. Hell of a match, eh, Peyton? Apollo clinches up in fear as Brick talks to Peyton with his arm around Apollo's back. Boy, you just threw this tag together since the Rebels are in Puerto Rico. We got something here, Peyton. Especially with me and Apollo. Talk about chemistry. Right, kid? Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Oh, man, this is big stuff, Peyton Thomas. I got me an idea. We already cheated tonight. And the finish was a smiles. How about you bring us back next month? No more tag matches. Clear winner, clear loser. Just me, Brick Sawyer versus Apollo Samson, one-on-one in a steel cage. Apollo's eyes almost burst out of their sockets. I like it, Apollo. You you never did a cage gimmick before, but Rick's the best. You're in safe hands. He'll teach you how to blade, and if you're not up to it, he'll just cut you himself. Apollo Samson almost pisses in his pants as Brick squeezes Apollo's back, digging in his nails hard as he tries not to squeal in pain. Oh, we're going to have a grand old time, aren't we, Apollo? Kings of the Ring will be back after these messages. 
At this time, Burger King begins a nationwide search for one man. His name is Herb. We don't know much about Herb, only what his friends tell us. Herb was unusual. Herb was different. What his parents tell us. Herb was never what you'd call normal. His former teacher. You had to know how to talk to him. Herbert, pay attention. This is the best picture of Herb we have. We do know Herb is the one man who's never tasted a Burger King burger. Herb has never enjoyed this juice, this sizzling beef, or grown to love flame broiling instead of frying. Grow up, Herb. Herb has never enjoyed the Whopper, the taste millions and millions of people crave. So, Herb, wherever you are, stay tuned and start asking yourself this crucial question. Aren't you hungry for Burger King, Herb? We now return to Kings of the Ring. At the Civic Center in Richmond, Virginia, Killian Kavanaugh stands in his Irish Hammer t-shirt with a microphone and a walled set behind him. Tell me where can you humanize on the telly from the best talk show in all the world, Killian's Club. My first guest is the greatest manager in the history of the AWF with a very special announcement for Empire Mania 2. On your feet for handsome Jack Trades. Jack Trades walks out in his trademark multicolored jacket with a giant jack of spades on the back and gives a hearty handshake to the Irish Hammer. They say money can't buy happiness, and I beg to differ because I just bought and paid for something that's about to make me the happiest man in the EWF. And what might that be? Thor Hansen's opponent at Empire Mania 2. Who is it? Is it me? Sorry, my friend. It's not you. But it is someone who, thanks to my money, is now my property. What do you mean? After making a deal with his handler, I am now the official owner of a man who's never lost a wrestling match. Behold! The African Nightmare, Mobutu Zulu. Hercules Harris walks out in full Mobutu Zulu regalia, led out by a masked man. Hercules stands beside Jack Trades and faces the camera. I hear Jack Trades have done it. They've seen Mobutu Zulu for months on TV, destroying everyone in his path. He's a bloody monster. Dor Hansen don't stand a chance. This animal belongs to me now, and he's here for one reason to destroy Thor Hansen and make all of America's nightmares come true by holding the belt. Can you imagine someone who looks like this representing the sport of professional wrestling? How embarrassing. Killian's eyes dart to Hercules' eyes for a second, as this is starting to sound personal. The only thing that stands in our way is the White Knight. The blonde-haired, blue-eyed, all-American Thor Hansen. And at Empire Mania 2, Thor will fail to overcome the odds and break the hearts of millions of children when the African Zulu is the first of his people to win the world title at Empire Mania 2, soiling the purity of America. Hercules throws his mask across the dressing room. Jack Trades pulls out a camel cigarette from his inside jacket pocket and lights it up. Congratulations, kid. You've just been made. Made into what? 
An official goddamn slave? What are you talking about? I'm your property? You just bought me from Africa? Oh, come on, brother. It's just heat. Laying out the angle with you and Thor. All this savage animal bullshit. It's your gimmick, isn't it? Yeah, but no one ever bought and sold me, motherfucker. I had to explain while you're in the match with Thor and why I'm your manager, right? And all this shit about how embarrassing it is for someone who looks like me to be champ? Oh, come on. Your gimmick is pretty out there, right? Don't take promo so personally. It's all a work. Don't hide behind this, it's all a work bullshit. I know fucking racism when I hear it. And you never said it'd be embarrassing if Killian was champ or anybody else. And you sure as hell didn't say shit like Thor the white hero to stop the black guy from ruining America. I didn't say that. Now you're putting words in my mouth. Jack taps the ashes of a cigarette on the floor. Hercules getting more and more frustrated at Jack turning things around on him. Fuck the gimmick. What if it was me? Hercules' hair says a chain. <laughs> Maybe not a nightmare, but it kill the credibility of the belt. I fucking knew. Racist motherfucker. Oh, lighten up, Francis. I didn't mean anything by it. It's just the way the business is. Black guys don't draw on top and it turns the fans off if they wear gold. <laughs> what about Leroy Brown? He only drew where the arenas were already full of blacks. Bullshit. Everybody paid to see Leroy. Even the white folk. Now that's bullshit. He was a gimmick carried by superior white opponents who knew how to draw heat. Hercules Harris shakes his head in anger. He was never champ because Burt Ironside knows the business. And if Julian Kane or the World Wrestling Alliance ever made a black guy the world champion, it'd kill the business. Jack sits down in his chair, puffing a cigarette, smirking at Hercules. You can hide behind all this. It's all part of the angle talk all you want. But I know what you about. And one day there is going to be a black world champion. It might even be me, motherfucker. In your fucking dreams, boy. What the hell did you just say? Hercules grabs Jack by the jacket and slams him to the locker room doors. Jack trades recoils in fear, and everyone looks over, feeling sorry for the old manager. Les Henderson runs over and pushes Hercules off. Come on, Mabutu. He just started a main event program with Jack, who cut the promo of a lifetime to get you over. Don't fuck it up. Oh, sorry if I'm not happy to be bought and sold like a fucking slave. Oh, come on, man. That's just managers buying wrestlers. That ain't the same thing. To hell with both you motherfuckers. Killian Kavanaugh jumps up and grabs Hercules and pulls him away. Oh, dear, big fella. Not now, Killian. Come on, man. Just come with me. Let's cool off. He pulls him around a corner. Oi, don't listen to that old irrelevant fuck. Only reason he's even here is because he and Louis the Greek been working together since the 60s. Hercules starts to calm down. What's going on with you, mate? This was your big moment. Julian was just telling me he loved it. You're headlining Empire Mania too. You heard what Jack was saying. All that he owns me, slave bullshit. Oh, yeah. Did kinda sound like that, didn't it? And he says I never lost a match. We in Richmond, Virginia. These motherfuckers seen me wrestle here for 10 goddamn years. Every win, every loss. Hercules Harris. Now they have to pretend they don't know me? I look like a damn fool. Killian pats his old friend on the shoulder as they both slide down the wall, sitting on the floor. You don't know what's like, Killian. It ain't like they made you play a leprechaun or some shit. You're right, Herc. I don't know what you're going through, but I know one thing. He digs into his wallet. After Empire Mania, Julian Kane gave me my check, and before I cashed it, I made a Xerox copy for myself to remind me why I got into this business. 
what all my years of slogging me arse was building up to. This is your time, Hercules. You built a career for this. He shows him the copy of the check. Hercules' eyes get wide as he looks into Killian's eyes to confirm this is real. That's one match. That's more dough than I made all last year. My advice is this, me old friend. Just shut up and enjoy the ride. Hercules stares off into space as Julian Kane walks by and gives him a thumbs up from across the room. Michael Angel sits in his rental car outside the Thirsty Cowboy Saloon outside of St. Louis, debating whether to go inside or not. He takes a deep breath and tosses a few Quaalude pills into his mouth, washes them down with a can of Miller Lite, and gets out of the car. Gabriel Angel is shooting pool on his own in a sparsely populated bar. A few bottles of Budweiser at a small table nearby, when a hulking mass of muscle, topped by a head full of curly blonde hair, walks in. Michael, I was worried you were gonna no-show me. Michael walks straight to his brother Gabriel, and they hug. No way, man. I wouldn't do that to you. They sit at his table as heads in the bar turn at the sight of Michael Angel, like wherever he goes. You still drinking Budweiser, right? Even though you're a New York City guy? What's that like living in the city? Must be different from Texas. Michael thinks about the different men he picks up in his Greenwich Village neighborhood. I'm getting used to it. That Julian Kane paying you good. Not as much as I was getting last year, but all right, I reckon. Really? What happened? Michael remembers Julian finding out about him, bailing him out of jail in San Francisco. I don't know. He just started pushing other guys. Who knows? What about you? How come you never call me? I don't know, Mike. Uh, just giving you space, I suppose. Uh, figured if you wanted to talk, uh, I would have heard from you myself. Remember, I'm the one who had to call you. They both look around awkwardly and sip their beers. Hey, uh, did you hear? The oldest started junior high this year. Dixie? I remember when she was knee-high to a grasshopper. <laughs> Michael's eyes mist up as he realizes how he's been missing out on family back in Dallas. Yep, growing like a weed. Uh, I don't suppose Daddy asked about me? Well, uh, you know Dad, uh, out of sight, out of mind. Just resting for him. It's all business. Michael nods in acceptance, stuffing down his pain. Hey, he's putting together this super show with everybody in the alliance. Should have seen it, Michael. He invited everyone over to the ranch and put on a barbecue. Made him wear these white cowboy hats and everything. Oh, shit. Charlie Gotch, Raylan Crenshaw, everybody. It was a sight to behold. I paid anything to see that. He's calling it the Super Bowl of wrestling. Everybody's on the show. Wow, never thought I'd see the day. You working? Yeah, I made sure I was booked. Looking to get a little revenge on that little piece of shit Dad brought in to take your spot after you went on up to New York. Yeah, fuck that guy. He's got a stupid name too. Apollo. He can drop dead far as I'm concerned. Uh, no, man. I'm talking about the fake angel brother Dad created. Raphael. Goes by Kenny West. Uh, he's in Atlanta. Apollo's cool. He's a great kid. Great potential. Didn't you meet him at some audition in Hollywood? He's so fucking cool. You must like teaming with him more than me, right? What are you talking about, Michael? You're my brother. You're always who I want to team with. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I do mean it. Michael looks away, eyes darting biting his thumbnail nervously, his brother concerned. What's wrong? Don't listen to me, Gabe. I don't know what the fuck's going on anywhere. 
can't work anymore. I'm losing my body. I'm living in the city, surrounded by all these queers all the time. Oh, Jesus Christ, these fairies grow on trees or something? It's fucking ridiculous. Michael looks in Gabriel's eyes to make sure he believes his lie. Gabriel just looks back at him with concern, looking into his soul, making him uncomfortable. Yeah, I gotta get out of here. Empire needs me to headline Chicago or something. All, all right, Michael. Hey, come here. Gabriel brings him in and hugs him. Michael hugs him back, extra tight. You know you can come back whenever you want, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Come on back, anytime. Anybody wants me there. Good one, Gabe. I'm going. I'm serious. Dallas is your home. You can always come back. Daddy talks shit, but he wants to back too. Michael becomes overwhelmed. He speeds out of the bar for his car and immediately pops open another can of beer and some more pills as he speeds off. Julian Kane in his new tuxedo, and wife Sarah, in the most expensive dress she's ever worn, step out of the stretch limousine and look up at the 12,000-square-foot Hollingsworth Mansion in the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Julian stands proudly and buttons his jacket as he looks at the site of the Hollingsworth Social Society's annual autumn soiree. Julian and Sarah enter and are immediately greeted by two men wearing masquerade-style masks, but only black speedos on their oiled muscular bodies and powder white wigs like the Founding Fathers. She makes a face. Sarah, it's the Hollingsworth Social Society. They accept glasses of Dom Perignon champagne from a silver platter and begin their stroll through the sprawling marbled 35-room mansion. I'll say one thing, this Hollingsworth Society sure knows how to throw a party. Julian acts like he's finally come home. Now this is more like it. They pace through the large party, lavish and extravagant. In one corner, people are gathered around a piano singing show tunes from Cabaret and My Fair Lady. In another, people feast on the finest caviar in Beluga. Wait! I recognize that guy from the news! He's in this club too? Yes, and we passed by Mayor Koch talking to William Schreier, the new CEO of Merrill Lynch. The titans of industry are all here, all in one place. Oh, Julian, yeah, yeah. Julian sees his old friends, Stuart Flaherty and Matthew Rogers. They turn to Sarah. You must be Julian's better half. <laughs> Sarah, these are my old friends from Harvard Business School. Come, Julian, you must meet the man himself, Mr. Hollingsworth. He's dying to meet you. <laughs> I must warn you, he's a bit extravagant. They enter the main hall, which is quite crowded, with Sam Hollingsworth III right in the middle of the grand room. He wears a purple velvet prince outfit with a silver cape, his gray hair brushed and hairsprayed back. Mr. Hollingsworth! Yes? Sam Hollingsworth turns and sees them. Rogers and Flirty. I should have known. Mr. Hollingsworth holds out his hand, and Julian shakes it. So this is the gentleman with the professional wrestling troupe. How interesting. Julian is the one who wrote the song about the starving children of Africa, and had it sung by his wrestlers. Sarah notices a subtle look from Stuart, as if he were holding back laughter. Oh yes, 
I saw that on television. It made my ears turn blue. Okay. Uh, yes, I, I am the owner and CEO of the Empire Wrestling Federation, the number one wrestling company on Earth. We've just released a line of action figures through Hasbro. He turns to the side, speaking to the air. What is an action figure? Matthew Rogers replies, The doll, sir. Remember we showed them to you? <laughs> oh, those. Julian notices a strange dish Hollingsworth is eating from, seeing an opportunity to impress by fitting in. That looks quite interesting. What is that? This is the finest pâté imported from Bistro Chez France. Julian, you may want to try some of our more common types of pâté. It takes a refined palate to appreciate the complete curing process that the untrained will- And that's perfect for me. I simply adore pâté. Oh my. Come along, Julian. I want to introduce you to my boss at J.P. Morgan. He wants to ask you if wrestlers still use blood packets. <laughs> Actually, they never- Save your answer for email, bye. Later on, Julian Kane is with the Dean of Columbia University and Jack Welch from General Electric, as Hollingsworth's special pâté begins to rumble his insides. So you're the wrestling guy? I've seen it once. What a freak show. Didn't ABC do a whole news report on how fake you guys are? Yeah, I saw <laughs> that too. Uh, that was hilarious. Hey, hey, Julian, is that your name? You're looking a little green in the gills. If you'll excuse me, gentlemen. Julian breaks out in a cold sweat, then trots off to a restroom. In the privacy of a stall, Julian sighs in relief while his head is still spinning until he hears familiar voices. Matthew, you are the worst. Did you hear what he said out there? Bragging about his cartoon to the CEO of Goldman Sachs? <laughs> Come along, Matthew. We knew Julian would be entertaining, but we're going to become legends for bringing him here tonight. I think Hollingsworth stopped finding it funny when he asked to eat his pate. Sarah Kane, getting quite tipsy on champagne, is getting hit on hard by a gray-haired executive from Fiat. Julian returns, no longer sick from the food, but sick from embarrassment. Oh, Julian, come and meet Mr. Uh, what was your name again? It's time to go, Sarah. I'm not feeling well. It was lovely to meet you. The limousine drives the canes towards their swanky Manhattan apartment. That wasn't that bad after all. When's the next party? There won't be another party. She notices how down Julian is. Is everything okay? It was... a sham. I overheard my so-called friends from Harvard. They brought me here as... Uh, already sensing things weren't on the up and up. Sarah squeezes her husband's hand so he doesn't have to say the words out loud. I'm sorry. Julian looks out the window at the New York City night and thinks, My father knew this. He tried to tell me. I wouldn't listen. We will never be accepted, Sarah, by those people. No matter what we accomplish, how much money we make, or however mainstream we convince ourselves we are. Her head falls on Julian's shoulder as she holds his arm. I've wasted far too much time on this. It's time to put away childish things and focus on what 
really matters. She looks up and smiles warmly, crushing my enemies. Thanks for listening to Being the Elite. We are on a real home stretch for season four. Next episode is a very uniquely formatted episode called Giving Thanks, then the Super Bowl of Wrestling, and the big finale, Empire Mania 2. This week's deleted scene was Apollo Samson finding out he's working Brick Sawyer and their confrontation, as well as the actual match. If you heard it, that means you're listening to the extended edition of the show, available only to Patreons. If you didn't hear it, that means you're listening to the theatrical edition of the show, available on podcast apps everywhere. I invite you to patreon.com slash kingsotr. And again, thanks so much to all the patrons and another record-breaking month of downloads for the show. You are appreciated very, very much. And we'll see you next time for the Thanksgiving episode of wrestling's first audio drama, Kings of the Ring.